Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy. Today we're talking about problems have a purpose. You know what? We're not going to get away from problems. We've been redeemed from sin. We've been redeemed from poverty. We've been redeemed from sickness. But you know what? We haven't been redeemed from problems. God promised to be with us in the midst of problems and cause them to turn around and be a blessing to us. How in the world does God do that? That's why we're talking about today. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Glad to have you here today. For those of you that are partners with me, welcome. For those of you that aren't partners with me, welcome. Glad to have everybody here. First time watcher, thank you for watching. And so uh, again, for many that have been watching for quite a while, welcome back again. And uh, great to hear from all of you. I just want to give you a couple of testimonies to begin with. First of all, we have one here from Mary. And she simply says, what you taught today was one of the most timely things. Thank you, Pastor Bob, for understanding the Spirit. You want to understand something? These broadcasts are literally uh, videoed months in advance. And so it's amazing how God can lay something on my heart to teach today. This broadcast will not show that the one that I'm speaking on today till many later. If you're watching it right now, this was months before. And yet God can lead me now and it'll be exactly what a person needs on that day. It's just amazing what God can do. I've, I've often commented to, to other ministers, that was incredible. And they'll say, you know what? You know, I, I've actually studied this sometime back, put it together, and it just kind of fell in place today. So I taught it. Well, God did it back there for Bob. Obviously, I'm, I, one of those type, you know, I think he did just for me, but he probably didn't. There's others he had planned in there too, but I'm glad God thought about me and put it together at that time. And again, that's what is said here in this broadcast. Clint said this, he said, this must be some of the greatest teaching from the biblical passage I have ever heard. I was studying this passage and now Pastor Bob brought immense light how thankful I am for this ministry. This is some of the most rich revelation I have heard. I'm not bragging on me and he's not bragging on me. We're bragging about the God that lives in me. Yeah, I just operate in a gift and God has blessed me to see things from the word of God that again, I have studied. I've got from other people, but I've just got another, God adds another layer to it. So I'm thankful to him for what he's given to me, but it ain't me folks, it's the Holy Spirit. And I'm glad it's been a blessing to you. And so these testimonies we've received from people here, again, are simply telling us about what God wants us to understand from the word of God. And listen, if you've been blessed, write me a testimony, just, you know, send it to the office here and uh, you can send us an email and tell us how great it is and what a blessing it's been to you. And again, thank you so much. And listen, if you're not a partner with me, please become a partner with me because you're not just partnering with me. Oh, you're partnering with Pastor Bob in the heart of Pastor Bob, but you're really partnering with God. That's what makes it supernatural. And that's what will bring eternal rewards into your life. Right now, this broadcast is expanding, moving on. I'm getting constantly uh, testimonies like this when that come in telling how great the broadcast is and how much a blessing it is and how it's changed their lives. But the lives of people being changed are going out changing the lives of others. It's like seed, it just keeps on going. God hasn't created any more seeds. The seeds in the trees in the garden are still producing that God never made another orange tree or apple tree. No, the ones that started in the garden, what we see out there when we look at an apple orchard, that all started back in the garden. It all came from those, those trees back there at that time. God's made no more apple trees. And the same thing is true when you give into the kingdom kingdom of God of your finances, that finances like seed begin to multiply. People are blessed. People begin to partake of the blessings of God. And one day when we get to heaven, we'll find out just how much that simple offering we gave into Bob's ministry 
into God's ministry or your tithe into your local church, how much it produced for the kingdom of God as you meet thousands upon thousands of people that came into the kingdom through the giving you gave and some minister ministered, some missionary ministered and it spread and spread. That's why I ask you simply be obedient to God. The money you keep in your pocket and the money you spend on clothes and, and food and all that's necessary, but it will not produce. Only the money given into God's kingdom will keep on working forever and forever and forever. It's either the difference between eating the seed or planting the seed. There's some seed you have to eat. That's I mean, you have to survive. That's why you spend it on the necessities of life, but don't keep spending it on yourself. Always have some that you plant into the kingdom of God. And so again, you can go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. Thank you in advance for doing that. Psalm 23 verses four and five says this, that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you God are with me. He prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. So key, so important. I want you to understand something. We're redeemed from three things on the cross that Jesus died for. The first is eternal, it's sin. The next two are temporary while we're here on earth. He also died for bringing finances into our life, poverty, so we can spread the gospel. That's the purpose of it. And then he also died on the cross for our sicknesses to bring us health. That's so we can get out of bed and go witness. I think of Peter's mother-in-law. The moment she was healed, she rose up and ministered to them. This is why you should want to be healed. And this is why you should want prosperity to come into your life, not so you can spend it on motorcycles and boats and homes and pools and all that kind of stuff. No, no, no. So you can give into the kingdom of God so other people can help you and giving into their ministry can help you to spread the gospel into the entire world. But here's one thing that was not died for on the cross, suffering. He did not go to the cross to redeem us from suffering. So there's no way that we can pray suffering away. We can rebuke it or cast it out. It's part of the life we live because why? We are in the devil's world, but God promised to be with us in suffering. He didn't say he would stop all suffering. He said he would be with us in it. And the point of it is what I'm calling this lesson is problems have a purpose. The book I'm using for this is called Rising Out of the Pit. This is the story of Joseph. And one of the greatest stories of God has not redeemed us out of suffering, but in the midst of suffering, God can advance us and use us that no matter what Satan throws at us, we turn around and use it for God's good. And that's why this book is being offered. It's a great blessing about how a man that was abused by his own brothers, his own family, no matter what job he had, it, they, they end up throwing you in prison. He got wrongly accused of things. And yet in the whole thing, God raised him up and made him the second highest in the nation of Egypt if the government was concerned there. And so that's the point. What God says is God can take anything thrown against you and turn it around. Or as the old expression goes, if they throw lemons at you, you can make lemonade out of it. No matter what curse they throw at you, God can turn it around and make it a blessing. Even the things sent to destroy you can become a stepping stone to greater things. So again, God promised he would be with you in suffering, or just as it said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God loves to feed me and bless me in front of my enemies to irritate them, make them mad. And it's not the fact that my problems go away, it's the fact that many answers have already been arranged by God so I can come through them. Problems come from Satan, not from God, but answers come from God. 
not from Satan. And since God is greater, God is eternal, God will keep on ruling and Satan will be thrown in the lake of fire someday. Satan had a beginning, God did not. My problems had a beginning, but my answers were here before the problems ever existed. Psalm 34 verse 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Oh, people want to go, oh, please get rid of that verse. I don't want it. No, no, no. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. And this is not only that one that's saved, but living righteously, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It didn't say no weapon would ever be formed. No, in fact, there's even weapons right now being formed against you that Satan has planned for tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. But you know what? It just says it will not prosper. God will simply have, in fact, it's even possible, like in some wars that have gone on, that the forces working against you will stop and come over and start fighting with you. And this is how God does it. He can turn even the worst situations into a stepping stone. I want to talk about five ways that we can minimize suffering in our life, because you know what? Sometimes it's our fault that some of these problems come along. But when they've come along, again, here's how to minimize suffering in your life. Number one is maintain a praise life. The highest form of faith is praise. Praise often confounds the enemy. I love that thought. In fact, in the word of God, it makes the enemy go, what is that? They expect to hear crying and whimpering and, and groaning and complaining. But again, that praise can confound the enemy. Your enemy doesn't know what to do with it. First Thessalonians chapter five and verse 16 says, even in the midst of troubles, rejoice evermore. Keep on trusting God. Keep on rejoicing. Keep on praising him. First Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks. Notice it didn't say for everything give thanks. It says in everything give thanks. Some of the things thrown against you are directly from the devil, but keep praising God. Why? God was here first. Satan was here second. God will be eternal. Satan forever after this will be thrown into the lake of fire forever and forever. God will reign eternal. I'll be reigning with him. Satan will not. I get to be in the place Satan wanted to be in heaven, seated right in the part of the Godhead. I'm right next to God himself. I'm seated in heaven next to God. I'm right next to Jesus all. So, so in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In other words, don't render evil for evil. When bad things come your way, thank God for his delivering power. In the midst of everything, give thanks. Notice I don't give thanks for the problem. I give thanks in the problem that God's going to bring me out of it. Why? Because no weapon formed against me shall prosper, but God delivers me out of the many afflictions that come into my life and prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Philippians chapter four and verse four says this, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Paul said this to his fellow laborers because the Philippian church was a great church. They were the strongest as far as Paul's partners with them. And this could be one of the reasons why they remained so strong because in chapter four and verse four of Philippians, Paul said again, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. What he's simply saying was rejoice in the Lord always. And oh, by the way, I'm gonna say it again, rejoice. Meaning it's not something we do on occasion then quit. We should be rejoicing toward the Lord in the good times and the bad times. That's why it's rejoice in the Lord 
always. It's not going to be every time of your life and every moment of your life, something evil is going to be coming. I don't like it when bad things come my way, but I do know this, Satan, you're just preparing a testimony because I can tell you this, at the end of this, I'm going to be telling people how God brought me through your problem. So Satan, think twice before you send this on me because I'm going to come out at the end of it on top. You're going to be on the mat. I'm going to be standing up. Oh, you might knock me down a time or two, but I'm going to get right back up. At the end of this, you're going to be on the mat. I'm going to be standing and I'm going to tell other people about how you brought this against me and God brought me out of it. And this is the things that makes Satan get upset. He probably thinks twice about attacking you, but you know what? He has to get smarter every single time, but he will never outrank God's smartness. And he should not outrank yours because why? You have an endless supply of wisdom that Satan doesn't have. Paul and Silas praised God in prison after being beaten. They didn't complain. They didn't say, did we do something wrong? Why are we in prison? Why are we here chained to the wall? No, they just started praising God in the midst of it. And guess what happened? There was a very localized earthquake. It only shook the prison. Strange earthquake because when it shook the prison, it made all the prison doors open up. The next thing that was so strange about it is the prisoners didn't escape. They just stood there looking at what was going on. And that's when the Philippian jailer came up and said, oh, what must I do to be saved? In other words, what happened was that the evil that was thrown against Paul and Silas in prison turned around being a means for people to get saved. God can turn this thing around. You see what I'm talking about here? We're talking about there is a purpose in problems and the purpose of the problem is not that God sent it. He can take the evil, turn it around and cause it to work for his cause, but we need to apply faith to it and thank God in the midst of it that he's gonna get us out of it. So it simply comes back to this, no weapon formed against me shall prospering. No problem in my life is bigger than God. And listen, no problem is bigger than me if I stand on God's word, depend on his Holy Spirit, and live my life in thanksgiving toward him. I'll see you right after halftime. Rising Out of the Pit shares lessons from one of the most beloved characters in scripture. Joseph was full of dreams from God, favored by his father, betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, and locked in a dungeon. He faced trials far worse than most Christians ever see, but God delivered him and he will also deliver you. If you feel like you're bound in Egypt, lost in the wilderness or facing a fight, Joseph's story encourages, inspires and instructs. Whether great or small, the only way to overcome your problem is God's way. Strengthen your faith, courage and hope as you join Bob Yandian in studying the life of Joseph. To order Rising Out of the Pit, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on partnership. Okay, we're studying that suffering, things that come into our life, the problems come in our life, there's a purpose behind them. We're not talking about the Satan's purpose. No, we're talking about God's purpose. God does, listen, 
you know, my kids, you teach them to drive and all that. And you know what? You teach them all the bad things that can happen because we're not going to get rid of the bad things that happen when they drive. But the blessing is they're going to get where they're going. God's simply going, saying, you want to get somewhere in life? There's going to be obstacles there. There's going to be things like driving a car. There's going to be some bad drivers out there. So there's some demons out there. There's Satan out there. There's evil people out there. But you know what? I'm teaching you these things so you'll come through successfully on the other side. God doesn't remove problems. God tells us how to get around them. And on top of that, God can tell us how to come through them every single time. When we came to the break, I was showing you five ways to minimize suffering. And the first one is maintain a praise life. And this is where we ended when we went into the break. Number two is this, maintain a study life. Knowledge of scripture gives strength to withstand the problems you're going through. Praise is one thing that looks to the end of the problem, but how do I handle every step of the problem till I get to the end? Knowledge of scripture gives strength. Psalm 119 verse 11. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. I will not cave into this problem. I will not rebel against God. I will not turn against the kingdom of God. I'm gonna come through and I will not sin against God because why? I have your word hidden in my heart and I'm gonna look inward instead of outwardly at the problem. Instead of the problem, I'm gonna look to the prop promises in my heart. Second Peter chapter one and verse four, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises that by these, these what? These exceeding great and precious promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. There is corruption out there, but I can't stop it, but I can escape it. It's out there. People are always trying to stop this evil, stop that evil, stop this evil. You know what? We can slow it down, but you know why we're not gonna stop evil? Because the author of evil, Satan, is still on this planet and will be until God removes him from the planet and then God removes the curse that was placed here at the time of Adam. That is still yet to come. In the meantime, he's put us in the midst of that and said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And greater is my blessing in you than the curse that Adam and Satan Satan had put on this planet. Number three, maintain a prayer life. This develops sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and God's voice to lead us in the midst of troubles and trials. Luke 18 and verse one, men ought always to pray and not faint. Notice this always, that means in good times and bad times. That means in times, you know, where things are going your way and things are not going your way, men ought always, that's women too, always to pray and not to faint. First Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean a continual 24 hours a day praying. It just simply means pray. And a little while later, when you when you rush, rush to a, a face another problem, instead of going to griping and complaining, pray about this one, pray about the next one, but also rejoice over every answer that you have because prayer, simply says, if I pray in faith, I'm going to get an answer to it. And oftentimes we come out of the problem and go, whoop, glad that's over. No, let it break forth into thanksgiving because prayer in faith works. Romans chapter 12 and verse 12, rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing immediately in prayer. So what's this say? Rejoice in hope, look forward to the end. It's going to work out patient in tribulation. Patience will carry me to the end, but what's going to give me power to get to the end will be constantly 
instant in prayer. Number four, clean up your thought life. Oh, this is so important. Why do I need to clean up my thought life? Because the mind is the area of temptation. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse five says this, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. By cleaning up your thought life, you can zero in on those good things of life. In other words, think on these things. And the things we're supposed to think on in Philippians 4, 8 is this, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. So God's simply telling us what to think on. And again, that that's the most, the key thing here again is pulling your thoughts into captivity around the word of God. And number five is this, live your life above reproach. Let your actions reflect your spiritual dedication. First Thessalonians 5.22 says this, abstain from all appearance of evil. Romans 12 and verse 17, provide things honest in the sight of all men. There's one thing to have stuff in your heart. No, I'm thinking good thoughts, but how's your life in front of other people? Well, I don't want to come across as Mr. Goody Two Shoes. I don't want to come across as being a, a Christian, you know, and I'm forcing it on. No, no, no. Just live a life in front of them above reproach. Let your actions be for what's moral. What's backing your morality is not just a, a moral thought. No, it's spirituality producing this morality and you need to live your life above reproach. Not that you can prove yourself better than anybody, but prove to them what anybody can do who puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, operates in prayer, operates in praise, operates in the word of God, and also now lives it before others that from the inside of you, you work out your own salvation in front of other people with fear and trembling. So again, 1 Thessalonians 5, 22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Romans 12, 17, provide things honest in the sight of all men. Whatever you do honestly, let people see it and let people know this. You weren't trying to do something in front of them. This is the way you live all the time. And 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 3 says this, giving no offense in anything, in nothing in life, anything that people can get an offense over, you just live honestly and righteously and people may get mad at you and they say, well, you're just trying to prove you're better than everybody else. No, I'm just proving the fact that Jesus Christ in me has made me this way and you can have that same power too by opening up your life and receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. Let me give you four reasons why we might possibly be the cause of our own suffering. And you need to watch out for this because you know what? There is needless suffering. There is suffering because Satan comes against you. Welcome to life. I mean, there is problems that come against you because people don't like you. But on the other thing, if you do something wrong and then suffer for it, how can you blame other people or blame the devil? You need to just look straight at yourself and say, Bob, you're part of the reason for this. I mean, that dumb decision you made or the way you've been acting in front of people or the way you've been treating your wife or you don't ask God to forgive you of anything and then bad things come along and you think somehow, you know, that somehow people are picking on you. No, you may be the cause of your problem. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. 
What kind of companions do you hang around with? What kind of people are you known to be with? It's all right to be around people who don't know Jesus, but quit acting like them. You don't have to act like them. You don't have to make them your best friends. We are to be friendly with the world, but we're not to be friends with the world. We're to be friends with other Christians, but yes, we're to be friendly with the world. We talk with them. We work beside them. We don't take on their ways. We don't take on their sins, but we, we still live around them. We work with them and are constantly uh, showing them what a Christian should be, not always telling them what a Christian should be. First Corinthians 15, 33, evil companions corrupt good morals. And so he's simply saying there again, what we need to understand is bad companions can bring suffering to us and simply means we've been making bad choices. Number two, arrogance brings suffering. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18 says this, that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So watch your life for pride and watch this high lofty attitude of I'm better than others because I'm a Christian. You are no better than anybody else except for one thing. One day you made a decision to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and everybody you work with, people that are all around you can do the same thing. You're not here to, to live some kind of life they can't live. Anything that's in your life, they can live also because guess what? It's the free gift of grace. Number three, sins of the heart and the tongue can bring suffering. Proverbs 17, 20, he who has a froward heart, this is a prideful heart, an arrogant heart finds no good. And he that has a perverse tongue falls into mischief. It says, if you've got arrogance, you can't find good in anybody. You need to be able to look for people. And even if they're a sinner, you say, you know what? You do treat your family right. You, you know, you're a good man. You're a good woman. But listen, honestly, goodness won't take you to heaven. I'm glad that you're that way, but don't depend on that. Depend on what Jesus did for you on the cross. And a person who has a perverted tongue will fall into mischief. It's amazing as a Christian how often a word will come out of your mouth. Listen, there's times when something slips out of your mouth. Ask God to forgive you. Tell people around you, I'm sorry, I should have said that. Show them that you're not superhuman. You do make mistakes, but you correct your mistakes. Proverbs 19:5. A false witness shall not go unpunished and he who speaks lies will not escape. Don't think you can live any way you want to and get by with it because you're a Christian and somehow God's supernatural power and God's supernatural keeping watches over you and you can live any way you want to. No, your temper can also bring you into suffering. Proverbs 22, eight, he who sows iniquity will reap vanity and the rod of his anger shall fail. And this verse is simply saying again, the same thing we understand, your your temper can get you into suffering and don't turn around and blame others and say, oh, well, I'm just gonna suffer in this life. No, no, you brought the suffering on you. Proverbs 19, 19, a man of great wrath will suffer punishment for if you deliver him, he will just do it again. If you constantly are a person filled with anger and wrath. You might come out of it and somebody might even come over and help you get out of it, but you're gonna fall right into it again. And look at yourself, say, well, the devil must not like me because he's constantly change, chasing after me. No, you're the open door for it to happen. So what do we come back to? What is God's real purpose in suffering? Not that he again sent the suffering, but God has a plan in the suffering for you. Number one, suffering is part of the Christian call. Philippians chapter one, verse 28 and verse 29, in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition. 
but to you of salvation, and that is of God, for unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. In other words, if you come in and you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, you can bank on it. People are going to talk bad about you. But the number two is this, suffering cannot separate us from God's keeping power. Why? Because we are kept by God and his promises. First Peter chapter one, verses three through nine says this, blessed be the God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you rejoice greatly, though now for a time, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold troubles, that the trial of your faith be much more precious than that of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found resulting in praise and honor and glory till the appearing of Jesus Christ. Coming through suffering makes you usable for God's plan. Proverbs 25, 4, take away the impurities from the silver and there shall come forth a vessel for the refiner. If I want God to use me, I'm gonna have to come through suffering and show God that his word is more important to me than how I feel in this present world. Welcome again to the Christian life. And if you're going through suffering, just look to God and say, you know what? You're gonna get me out of this because your promises, your Holy Spirit, my praise and prayer have all been given to me for a main purpose to bring me through the sufferings of life. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.